Wow. Miami Hurricanes rumor mill has been working overtime for the past 24 hours. Are the Canes really about to lose Tyler Van Dyke? You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Let's cut to the chase. Um, reported by Footballville and seems to have certain confirmations over the last day that there's some buzz around Tyler Van Dyke possibly hitting the transfer portal and the destination that keeps getting brought up are the Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, um, guys, for a number of different reasons, um, I do not expect Tyler Van Dyke to leave, but I do think there actually is legitimate smoke behind what's going on behind the scenes. I do think maybe the situation is getting blown out of proportion, but I definitely think that there is something there. Uh, but during his time at the U, Miami has shown Tyler a lot of love. They've shown him love this offseason. You know, he is one of the leaders on this team, which is another reason why it would really, 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 really be tough to lose Tyler if it does come to that. Um, and let's also consider he just learned another playbook. Just learned his, what would this be, his fourth playbook or third playbook in the last four years he's just learned here and then you're talking about maybe hitting the transfer portal going somewhere else and starting that whole installation process all over again um and then the other part of it is guys since he is definitely wanted by miami uh, i think they're going to do whatever they can in conversations that they're having behind the scenes to convince tyler not to leave so i still expect van dyke to stay i, I think there is a little bit of smoke behind this and boy um i wanted to bring in our good pal uh, who's as well connected as anybody in this community larry bluestein recruiting expert south florida high school sports 560 wqam has been following miami since i think before they were even throwing up the u blue has been all over miami blue how are you sir i'm doing good a lot of uh, busy things happening this time of year. You end up with one spring uh, in college and you start another one with the high schools where the college coaches get to go out. And, uh, yeah, a very exciting time and uh, have an opportunity to, uh, you know, have, have touched base with a lot of the kids who Miami's recruiting. Um, and uh, talked to Judd last night. Was We're going to have him on the show next week. Talk to him a little bit. Uh, um, same thing with um, Chris Humphrey. Uh, going to have an opportunity to have him on the show this evening. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very exciting time. Yeah, well, and, and, and very, very exciting. And I know fans are, are freaking out about these Van Dyke rumors. And I, I also I want to remind people that th this kind of stuff – um, it's just the reality of college football when you start to hear these rumors because the transfer portal basically creates free agency. And so you not only have to recruit future players, you've got to always be recruiting your own players to convince them to stay. But Blue, from from a Van Dyke Miami side of it, it, it would be it would be a curious thing because, you know, he 
just got through this entire spring period learning a new offense, and he seems actually pretty advanced with his own installation of the Shannon Dawson offense. Uh, it, it seems tough for me, even from Tyler's point of view, to want to hit that reset button and start all over. Yeah, well, it, it to me, it's it would be highly unlikely. Um, first of all, from the standpoint, he, it's not going to do anything plus or minus to, uh, you know, sway the uh, pro scouts. They already know what he could do. They already know his arm strength. They are know his positives and negatives and. To me, it's going to upset the the apple cart in Alabama, and you don't want to do that. I mean, they they already have uh, worked really hard, and and I watched their A game last last week. Um, they have, uh, I mean, they have a couple of quarterbacks that are on hand, and 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 the kids rally behind them and bring in a new guy who has no knowledge and you know, and it, it just doesn't seem likely. I, that's not a Nick Saban move. That really is not a Nick Saban move. He he's just too close to the you know to, to a situation where he he understands what keeps harmony and certainly he'll he's gonna they're they're gonna he has a chance to lose the team. He really does. Wow. He, I mean you you just can't bring in somebody to a national powerhouse just overnight and all of a sudden said, well, here's a guy that's going to be playing quarterback for us. Forget about the young kids that we've groomed and promised that they have an opportunity to play just like the last three guys. I mean, you know, I mean, he's the type of guy that is not afraid to play freshman Tua stuck in him in over Jalen hurts. Um, certainly Bryce young, when he came uh, to Alabama uh, kind of chased bear Bryant's grandson away. So uh, he's not a, he wants to keep harmony and the harmony would not be bringing in Tyler Van Dyke. I, and I just don't see it. And if they would have been doing it, I think they would have done it before spring. So the, the kids would have been acclimated and that whole 20 something days of spring practice uh, would have meant something. And now you bring in somebody and they go, well, what was the offense that we were running under the two quarterbacks that were there? That, 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 nah. It, it just seems illogical. It really does. It doesn't seem uh, a move that, that uh, somebody like Nick Saban would make. It just doesn't. Yeah, and, and you brought up uh, Alabama's current quarterbacking talent. I mean, one thing that their room lacks is experience, but oozing with talent. Ty Simpson, who's got the most upside there, uh, he's a former five-star recruit. He's headed into his second year. I know he's the fan favorite to be the starter. Uh, Jalen Milrow, who's heading into his second year, his sophomore year, he was the backup last year. He's a former four-star recruit. So I, I guess the, the only thing people could question out of the Alabama quarterback room is, um, you know, coming up behind Bryce Young, uh, their, their two returning quarterbacks only have one combined college start in between them. So they don't right. have the experience that Van Dyke has, but when it comes to the talent and potential, especially uh, in the case of, uh, of Ty Simpson, he's got a higher upside than Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, this is one of the best quarterbacks in the country coming out of high school a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, and Milrow who, who started last year in the game and accounted for 363 yards and showed that he could run a four, three, seven forty. And he has a, a arm that uh, last year I saw him throw a pass 72 yards in the air. So yeah, it does. It makes zero sense. It really does. I mean, to a program like that, that is 
pretty much in the mix again next year. Top four team will start out at probably two or three to begin the year. It just sounds like something that it, it would be way, way, way out of character. Um, and I think that the fans in Alabama would kind of like frown on that. They wouldn't. Why would you bring in a guy that nobody even knows? Yeah, Tyler Van Dyke had a lot of promise, but then they're going to start talking about the negatives from last year. He didn't really play very well. And, you know, I mean, and why would we bring this this in when we kind of groom these young quarterbacks? Just in the same way, like I said, Bryce Young didn't have any starts and they inserted him right, right. away. You know, so it's it, to me at Alabama, it's not the quarterback. It's all the pieces around him. And Alabama's always got a line that's a fortress, always has a running game that's as good as any. And they have three receivers returning, inclu- including Ja'Cory Brooks from Miami Booker T. Washington, that are going to be special. Just don't see it. I don't see how the rumor would even have any wings. Uh, I, I don't even I don't even know who would have started something like that, but. I could, I bet you that they're, you know, that if Miami catches wind of it, they'll address it right away, you know, because, yeah. you know, in this day of NIL and big money, you never know what's going to happen. And uh, certainly I don't think, but Tyler Van Dyke doesn't seem like the guy that's going to be running uh, for money when he has an opportunity to, you know, set a good foundation this year for a, a team that's going to be pretty good over the next couple of years. Yeah, that's all very well said. I mean, I think one of the things that got, the rumor um, gaining a little bit of steam, I, I think, is the the Tommy Reese connection because Reese, when he was at Notre Dame, supposedly right. really liked Van Dyke, and now he's at Alabama. But I, I, everything you said makes total sense. Uh, when we come back, still got a lot more to come here with the man, the myth, the legend, Larry Bluestein. I do want to talk with Blue about Miami's other two quarterbacks, just in case we do have to break, uh, break glass in case of emergency. Uh, but big takeaways from spring football and the spring game and – Miami's got themselves a new defensive back in the class of 2024 coming in. We'll talk about Isaiah Thomas. Keep it locked right here to Locked On Canes. Something exciting, my friends, is coming to Built.com on April 22nd. Woo, it's a couple days away. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real, and it's something you won't want to miss. If you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world. And they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantity. So mark your calendars and make sure to head to built.com on Saturday, April 22nd to see one of the first to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I cannot wait to see what the new flavor is going to be. If they've been taking my suggestions, because I've been sending built emails for like the past year on the flavors that I want. Hopefully, it's a new Nutella bar. I'm wondering about that. Maybe a, a lava cake bar. Maybe a tiramisu bar. These are some of the – I don't know if it's going to be any of those things. I'm just speculating, guys. I mean, who wouldn't want a lava cake bar or a Nutella bar? So I'm wondering what it's going to be. But make sure when you go to Built.com and order your favorites, use promo code LOCKEDON15, and then you'll get 15% off your order. Be like me because I love me some Built Bars. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And thank you to the everydayers who catch all of our episodes. We're going to have more coming up later today. I'm going to do an official welcome to the U for Isaiah Thomas. We're going to be talking with 
2023 quarterback Max Lawrence out of Westland Hialeah, who's looking for a new home to play ball. We've got a lot coming up later today and, of course, tomorrow here on Locked on Canes. But right now we are talking with Larry Bluestein. So, Blue, um, now if Miami were to lose Van Dyke and push come to shove, neither of us think that's going to happen. Um, do they have enough in the quarter? Cause obviously that's going to cost you wins. If you would lose Van Dyke and unless you can go out and really make a big splash in the transfer portal and the clock is ticking on that. Uh, if you have to stay in house, no disrespect to Jakari and Emery Williams, but losing Tyler Van Dyke would cost you wins blue. How do you feel about the rest of the room? Is anyone else between Jakari and Emery ready to step up now? No, that's it. Uh, Jakari would be the guy next up because he's got the year of experience and started a game last year and against Georgia Tech did real well. But yeah. uh, it's just such a drop off right now. And and it may not be that way over the next couple of years, but right now it's a, a huge drop off. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke gives you the best chance to win. There's no doubt. Even when Jake Garcia was here, he gave you the best chance to win. And that that how uh, how ironic it all is now, if this should ever come to fruition, which I think is not going to happen. But uh, Jake Garcia is now in Missouri and he could have been could This could have been his show. But I'm not even thinking about it because I just I it just doesn't seem something that's logical. It, it, it makes it just to me, it makes absolutely no sense. It did, you know. I mean, I you sit back and think about it, and they go, "What what benefit would it be for somebody like that?" Because, like I said, and I have people that I know at Alabama, in which I'm going to contact later on today. But the thing is, is they're going to say the same thing. I mean, yeah. how can you up? Uh, you know, how can you take the balance of a program that is just in the mix every year, no matter who's behind, you know, yeah, Bryce Young was really, really good. No doubt about it, but so was Tua and so was Jalen Hurts. And we can go back, uh, you know, I mean, everybody has played for him. Mac Jones you know, was great. There right. Matt well. Jones from Jacksonville Bowls. And yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. But um, to answer your question, if that has to would happen, I don't think Ja'Curry Brown is ready, uh, you know, for, for the, the big stage yet, but, He'll have to be thrust into it, and believe it or not, uh, you know you'll get a uh, an opportunity to see couple the freshmen uh, because I just don't see. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's hard to discuss because I just it makes zero sense to yeah. me. I mean, yeah. if it would have happened, it would have happened in April, uh, early April or March or February. It, it just you go through a spring and. Uh, pretty much, you know, with a, like you mentioned, with a new coordinator and setting the parameters. And I think that he knows that with the weapons that he'll have to work with in 2023, I, if I'm him, I'd be looking forward to it. You know, I mean, he's got a lot of new faces. He showed the other day with that offensive line is going to be really, really good. Um, yeah, makes no sense. All right, so l l let's let's look at uh, at everything else, all the good. Uh, and I want to stick with that quarterback room, Blue. And listen, I, I give you so much credit because going back about a year ago, uh, maybe longer, you were one of the first people to tell me to watch out for Emory Williams back when he was at Milton High School 
uh, right. out there in the Florida panhandle. And he he's developing blue. Uh, I mean, I was so impressed the first time I saw the early enrollee freshman quarterback in spring practice. And he showed a lot of poise in the spring game. What's impressing you most about Emory? His poise, uh, which we knew, and uh, as I always relate the story, the first time I saw him, he was uh, in 10th grade, and he was at the Florida State camp. It was like a mega camp that a, a billion kids were at, and wow. I happened to have been off on the side talking to Coach Odell Hagens, and I said, Coach, who's that? And he says to me, he goes, I'm not real, real sure. I said, dang. <laughs> I says, he's throwing a pretty good ball, and I says, he looks facially young. I went up to him, and and he goes, yeah, I'm in 10th grade, and I come from Milton. And I said, wow. And uh, then all of, uh, immediately I turned to my um, my big-time source up in the panhandle, uh, former Hurricane Ty Wise, who is, uh, you know, coaches in the area. His son goes to pace up in the panhandle. His son's another bear. Miami needs to get on. He's 6'5", yeah. 290. Only a, he's going to be a sophomore. But – you know, and I, I had asked him and he said, I watched him and he says, you know, he still needs improvement. And, uh, you know, I, and he says, I'll keep watching. Him. And then the next time I talked to him was last year. And he goes, I'll tell you what, he's a whole different character than he was as a 10th grader. He's real confident, throws the ball real well. He had a good, really good receiver last year, too. But, um, yeah, uh, I mean, I think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be able to step in uh, sooner than later. I love to hear that uh, on the defensive side of the football blue. We will circle back to offense because there's a couple of other playmakers I want to talk about, but I couldn't go this long without talking about hurricane Bain. <laughs> We're in that number 44. I mean, it, 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 this is crazy because blue all, all spring practice long. This wasn't just a one night thing at the spring game. This guy is taking up permanent residence in the backfield. Like he has been, borderline unblockable uh, and people got a glimpse of that in the spring game where he was credited with three sacks. Um, they're not going to be able to keep Bain off the field this year, blue. He's going to end up playing a lot. Yeah. A whole lot. If not starting. Yeah. Uh, and why wouldn't you? you again, you don't keep your Lamborghini parked in the garage. You just don't, <laughs> it just, you just can't have that situation, but yeah, no, he's, um, but he's been the dude, you know, and that's why everybody covered him so much, just like they did Francis Malangoa. I mean, and now you see why. I mean, this is a kid who's a, he's a man child as a freshman and, uh, you know, of uh, that Polynesian heritage and uh, somebody who's, you know, I mean, he's going to probably teach the he and his brother are going to teach the uh, team how to do the haka and uh, they'll have to be doing that uh, before the games. And, um <laughs> Bane is just, he's just a man, you know, I mean, and he's always been this way. And even though people kind of doubted him and said, well, he's not this or not that right. he's everything is advertised and uh, you, you know, he's going to be in there and it gives you strength, you know, with him and Leonard Taylor and some of the other guys who, who I think that will step up their game. We didn't get a chance to see what 11 players six seven starters in the spring right. and that kind of gives you a little bit of a indication that Miami is going to be a whole lot better than people you know gave them credit for because I thought they played extremely well on both sides of the ball the other day yeah they made mistakes and I'll tell you a guy who stood out to me 
And I think he's made major strides and he's going to be a really, really good player is Daryl Porter. If you look at the, if you look at the, the balls that he got beat on the other day, they were just right there. You couldn't have thrown a better ball to beat him twice uh, with, with young and then uh, in the corner with Jacoby George. So uh, I think guys like that who are stepping up and much needed at a much needed time. uh, We already know Cam Kitchens is a, a freak of nature. And you got to remember, James Williams didn't play. Uh, you had a bunch of Jafari Harvey didn't play. Uh, they, you know, Mesador and those guys like that, you know, it, it, it's just so much to be happy about. And then you add guys like Bain and you add guys like Mamagoa's brother, who's Francisco, who's, I mean, he, he's, he was excellent in the game. Oh, he's, he's the guy. And then and, and Wesley played sparingly and, uh, yeah, and then, you know, I thought the secondary really, really has improved quite a bit. And I was just blown over. And I told uh, uh, Daryl's dad, who I've known ever since his days in high school at St. Thomas, I says, I'm thoroughly impressed. I really am. You know, I watched him last year. I had a little bit of reservations, kind of timid, didn't throw his body in there. But uh, this year he's changed. He's changed uh, dramatically. And I think. Uh, that's going to help the the entire defense, but that pass rush, and once you get Leonard Taylor back, you know, healthy, and 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 players like that, you, I think things are gonna things are gonna fall into place. Want to get to when we come back? A couple of the playmakers on the offensive side of the football, including early enrollee freshman who was out there making plays. Keep it locked right here to Locked On Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And guys, make sure you continue the conversation with us. And we've been really, really busy with all the rumors and all the recruiting. And if you are part of our subtext community, we have an exclusive SMS chat for Locked on Canes. You've known about the last several Miami Hurricanes recruiting commits before they even committed. We've got great conversations, breaking news, practice observations, recruiting scoops. So I'm going to include a link in the show description below uh, to join our subtext SMS chat community. You can do one-on-ones with me as, the, uh, as well. I'm always answering questions on there. So the link to join our subtext SMS chat service is below. And uh, Larry Bluestein is with us now here on Locked on Canes. Blue, Ray Ray Joseph uh, made some big plays in that spring game, including the exclamation point at the end. He caught that touchdown and then put on the afterburners after catching that ball from Emery Williams. Um, These are the types of athletes Miami needs to keep recruiting, because when we talk about the last couple of years, just not having not having enough big play threats, guys who can take it to the house on any play. Ray Ray clearly provides that. And I believe Robbie Washington does as well. Uh, what did you see from those two in the spring game? Yeah, same thing as you saw. And, uh, and, you know, talking to Kevin Beard the week before when I was down there for the practice, the little scrimmage, um, he said the only thing that Ray Ray is is lacking right now is just the knowledge of reading college defenses. Yeah, he's because he's relying more on his speed now than he is on really the recognition uh, you know, of the, because it's a whole different story. And, and and it's sort of like I remember the story that John Vilma told me when he first got uh, to Coral Gables, that as good as he was, the one thing that he had to learn is to learn how to tackle. He used to push all the time. And, you know, in high school, you could push a kid down. But in college, it's not so much. So he had to learn how to wrap up. Well, that's what Ray Ray's got to adjust himself to because – 
in high school, he could run away from people. He could do, you know, things. He could turn the corner. But he's got to remember here at this next level, he's going to go up against an, an A&M and Clemson and North Carolina uh, defensive secondary kids that are big, that are as fast as he is. So he's got to be more of a, a technical guy and learn more technique. And, and I think that's why Kevin Beard makes so much difference because the average uh, uh, wide receiver coach, oh, yeah, he's just tearing it up. And he wouldn't give any negative input. And that's the one thing that makes Kevin so special is because while you want to talk all these positives about what Ray Ray brings to the table, you also have to understand that when things start going in, in the fall, that he's going to need more than just to be fast. You know, he's going to be pa paired against some really, really good uh, talent. And, and but uh, he's a guy is so smart. You know, he's was what top percentage of his graduating class, which he didn't even graduate yeah. yet. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the great, that's the greatest part in the world. You get guys like that and they had, you know, they haven't even been the prom yet and they're already in college. And that's, uh, uh, you know, those are the type of things that you love Robbie Washington too, because yeah. because of his, you know, family background in the sport and his dad and who I used to watch at Killian and at, uh, you can't say enough. Uh, about how he's like a sponge and his brother's going to be the same way, you know, at, at the linebacker spot, but because of his speed, you know, and, and to me, those are the type of guys that, you know, to me, I would definitely, I know that they have other plans for kickoffs, but to have Ray Ray and Washington back there, Holy mackerel, all they need is a seam and bow. You, you, you don't need experience. You just, that's where you need speed. And, uh, but uh, yeah, I, Everybody that Miami brought in in, in the upper echelon, uh, including Mauangoa and Oakland Lolo and those guys, they're gonna they're gonna be in there. They're gonna be making an impression in the depth chart to begin, and maybe by the end of the year they may be starting. No doubt. Uh, so last thing here, Larry, and and I know I I, I disrespected this young man because there's so much else going on. We're gonna give him plenty of love throughout the day because I like Miami's latest verbal commit. Isaiah Thomas, who uh, was just given his fourth star yesterday by rivals, and I think wow. he's going to be getting four stars from other services soon. Uh, six foot three, two hundred pound safety. He's from Canada. He's at Clearwater Academy International, which does such a great job finding talent all over the world to come in and. Blue, I like big body defensive backs, and he uses his size and his range very well. What can you tell me about the newest Hurricanes commit, Isaiah Thomas? Yeah, I agree. Saw him last year, you know, when we watched uh, uh, the Clearwater International Academy, who lined up against some pretty good teams. They played Lakeland last year. They've, you know, I mean, it's just tough for them because they're an independent team like IMG, where IMG could get more games and have probably the finances to go to California and to New Jersey. Uh, they don't. So they have to get as many games as possible. Yeah. Big body kid over 200 um, agile type of player. Um, somebody who I, I, I think is going to fit in uh, extremely well. And, and, you know, just over the last week with Miami bringing in a couple of those kids like Dylan day, who I think that people are really, really going to be surprised at how talented he is. Comes from a really good program in Southern Lab and Baton Rouge that has uh, produced a lot of really good talent over the years. I think they kind of struck gold, and everybody keeps looking, dwelling on the three stars. I think 
the right. three stars on on Juan Manaya and uh, Chris uh, Wheatley, Wheatley Humphrey. Humphrey. Yeah. Uh, I think that they're, they're because people never really. Uh, looked at these guys. I mean, all of a sudden Miami's pulling them out and they're three stars and everybody goes, oh, well, they're settling for three stars. Uh, these guys are a whole lot better. You'll see, and the fans will see that uh, I, the star system is flawed in a lot of ways. It really yeah. is. And it's because you don't get a chance. Most of these rankings are done now. And that means they're done in shorts and t-shirts. Because not everybody sees these kids. No one's going over to to the Clearwater National Academy to see these kids. It, not in a game. It's just there's so many other things, so many other talented kids to see. How many people? And this is this is really. And I, and I had this discussion uh, yesterday with. Um, uh, Chris's dad, uh, Rob Humphrey, used to start at South Broward. This is how many guys watched Chris last year? Yeah. I want to show of hands. Yeah. Uh, nobody, uh, nobody watched him in a game. He played for South Broward. They weren't really a team that anybody wanted to see. So who really saw him in any game action? All they're doing is going off a of tape. They don't know what type of character the kid has. I, I happened to stumble on him in two games last year. One was a game that Bill Hawkins Jersey was being retired by South Broward and he carried the ball 10 times for 190 yards and showed, <laughs> you know, how explosive he is and you know, what type of player he is. And uh, he's, he's, but that's what I'm trying to say, Alex. And, and I get angry because of the fact that all these people go to bank on these people who hand out these stars, but they're coming right. from people who really never saw these guys. Yeah. No more than you or your next door neighbors watched them on film. And you both can tell that, oh, yeah, he can run or, yeah, he can catch or tackle. But you don't know the full package until you're at a game and watching what he does. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater perhaps is the, the the best illustration of that when Teddy was a sophomore and junior during while he was out of the ball game and, and the defense was on the field he never really even bothered talking to receivers he was all by himself and it took uh, one of the coaches over there to say hey you know you got to show a better leadership to the team and things changed and hmm. I think that's the process of recruiting that anybody could tell if a kid could run the ball or pass or tackle but to show what he's all about as a teammate and how much character he has and you know how he's you know learning and always you know communicating that and those are things you don't see and the Manaya kid is the same way I mean I, I watched a lot on him I, I think that this kid was one of those type of steel guys because people don't know about him and we certainly know that Judd Anderson who I liken a lot to Jack Allison who played at Miami uh, just from the standpoint of how he throws the ball but this is a, this is a kid who's six six, yeah, and he has it, and he and he really is. You know, I was talking to his coach yesterday, and the upside that he has, he said the kid is just a just an amazing football talent and a great teammate. See, and that to me outweighs anything that a lot of these people you know look at. So to fans that watch your show and listen to your stuff all the time, and there's a million that do, and I know they're very loyal to what you do be smart. Don't listen to what everybody's telling you in a negative way until you actually see the, these people, you know, for yourselves. And that's why, you know, I've been doing this so long because of the fact that I go and see, I'm not somebody who'll sit behind a computer and make a judgment because you don't, you can't make a full judgment because that's something that anybody can do. That's why we value your insight so much. And you were just preaching the gospel there, right? And and I, I was having an argument with a Florida State fan yesterday who's like, oh, three-star Mario gets another three-star. It's like, okay, 
the the star system it's flawed like you said but it's also for fans right and i'm not saying five star players can't be great because i believe in the five stars miami brought in in last year's class or this year's class technically 2023 but if you think good coaches are strictly going by stars when they evaluate players, that's no. a recipe to get fired. That's not yeah. the criteria that they need. 100%. To see they need to see, can these guys really play regardless of how many stars they have? Like they're not going to rely on the nerds behind computers who are like, Hey, you shouldn't bother to recruit this guy. Cause he doesn't have four or five stars. They have to go by their own evaluations and they also have to decide if these players can fit in their specific system so exactly yeah and and that's exactly what i said you know when you take a look at some of the recruits that they have and a you know a a perfect example is because of the fact that dylan day plays in such an impressive area that put out guys like uh ed reed and, and people like that come on you know be mindful of the of the competition that these guys are playing and 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 understand that they're they're kind of dominating in that level of play so imagine that they're going to transfer translate to the next level and the same thing goes for you know there's a couple of guys that are being heavily recruited and talked about but they are not even getting it done in their own high school area you know they're just big and strong and fast but they're not productive and to me as i said you know while everybody's ripping uh the kid flag the last two years oh he's not this he's not that he was Miami's leading tackler two years in a row. So, yep. you know, it's all about productivity. And, you know, you could have the 6'5", 270 pound kids that do nothing. Uh, but give me the 60, give me, give me a shorter version. Give me a Warren Sapp, who was, you know, a guy who, and that's a lot who we're going to look at Bain as. He's going to get to the point where he's going to be so disruptive. They're going to have to hold him out of practice because he's just not going <laughs> to let them. Really? He's not going to let him yeah. accomplish some stuff. And that's yeah. what Warren Sapp was as a junior and a senior. Wow. He was just so dominant that they had to kind of hold him out of place just so they could get things done. That's incredible. Well, guys, make sure for all this great insight, you follow Larry Bluestein at Larry Bluestein on Twitter. Blue, I can't thank you enough for the time. Enjoy the rest of your week. You too. Thanks, Alex. We'll talk to you guys again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.